Listener supported. WNYC Studios. Listener supported. WNYC Studios. Hey, TLDR listeners. This episode contains a couple four-letter words. So if you have any kids around or if you are sensitive to that kind of thing, you might want to skip it. All right, on with the show. On September 11, 2012, gunmen attacked two American compounds in Benghazi, Libya. If you pay any attention to the news, you've probably heard this story. Well, you've probably heard some version of it anyway. News reports constantly referred to the four Americans who died there, but you don't hear much about who those people were. They often get described almost as an aside, with the same seven words. Ambassador Chris Stevens and three other Americans. Ambassador Chris Stevens and three other Americans. U.S. Ambassador Chris Stevens and three other Americans were killed in that attack. One of those three other Americans was Information Management Officer Sean Smith. In Benghazi, Sean's job was to make sure the electronics that American diplomats relied on worked. But of course that's not all he was. In his life outside of the State Department, Sean was a husband and father to two kids. But in order to really understand Sean Smith you have to understand the online world which he inhabited. Alex, one of Sean's best friends, explains. My name is Alex Gianturco, and I guess for the purposes of this interview, you're interested in my space identity, which is I'm the Matani in a silly little online game called EVE Online. Calling EVE Online little is a misnomer. While it may look like a simple outer space shoot-em-up, even by normal online gaming standards, EVE is sprawling and incredibly complex. What makes it unique compared to other online games that many people play is most games have small servers. So you'll be playing a game with you know, maybe 50 people, maybe 100 people, maybe 1,000 people. In EVE, there's a half million users who can interact with each other at the same time, which gets complicated. What's emerged in EVE over time are player hierarchies called alliances that, when run successfully, resemble real-world governments and control territory within the game. Like real governments, they broker and maintain peace between factions. They also steal, lie, and spy on each other. You know, in, in other games, that's, that's against the rules. Uh, EVE Online is more like Somalia in space on the internet, where there's no rule of law, it's just whatever goes. Alex actually quit a job in corporate law a couple years ago, and now makes a living from his gaming blog, which primarily chronicles the goings-on in the EVE universe. An interesting aspect of EVE is that you can play what's called the metagame, which doesn't require booting the program up at all. Alex is so ensconced in the governance of his alliance that he doesn't even touch the space shooting aspect of the game. Most of what I end up doing is not logging into the game and piloting a spaceship on the internet. It's talking to people who are in the organization and you know managing things such that it's more fun for our uh, line members to actually play the game itself. In the real world, Sean was working to aid the government in the midst of touchy, sometimes dangerous diplomatic quagmires. In the online world, Sean was Vile Rat, one of Eve's most influential diplomats. Sean was not just some guy in Eve Online. He was the chief diplomat of the largest alliance in the game. He also created a diplomatic corps which was based upon the State Department itself and how they handle things. So now instead of having one diplomat, which is what most alliances have, uh, we had a chief diplomat, we had several diplomatic directors, and we had attaches who were uh, liaising with the various entities that they were focused on. Alex and Sean both got into EVE around 2006 through a website called Something Awful, which among many other things plays host to a huge EVE Online alliance called Goonswarm. 
I founded a espionage agency in the game, and Sean was actually one of my first agents infiltrating a hostile alliance, and uh, we worked very, very closely together on that. It's important to note that when you infiltrate a hostile alliance in EVE, it's not like you enter some combination of commands and bam, you've infiltrated it. You have to convince actual people to trust you. It requires persuasion, patience, and creativity. Sean excelled naturally in these situations. So one of the most significant things that he did was uh, managing the diplomacy of Gunstorm during an event called the Great War. The Great War was a three-year-long conflict that racked all of EVE. We're talking about a internet spaceship war here that had about 50,000 players on each side trying to kill each other for three years. During the Great War, the Goonswarm were young upstarts being knocked around by a much larger alliance called the Band of Brothers, who had partnered with a smaller group called the Mercenary Coalition. It was a rough battle. Goonswarm was outclassed and outgunned. So Sean took a different tack. Sean just started talking to their leadership. And over the course of several months of just highlighting the fact that their masters had taken credit for their actions and basically pointed out to the entire game how the mercenary coalition weren't really mercenaries, Sean convinced them that they should actually try to stand on their own as an independent entity and actually live up to their name. It worked. The mercenary coalition declared its independence, the band of brothers wiped them out as retribution, and then the goon swarm stepped in. He managed to get this foe of ours to essentially destroy a large section of their strength, and then within about six months, the Great War was over, because without Mercenary Coalition backing them up, this entity was uh, thoroughly destroyed. You're talking about entire regions and sections of space that are changing hands because of stuff that Sean had a part in. In the real world, Sean's job at the State Department meant he was frequently in real war zones. He couldn't discuss the details of his work with his friends in Goonswarm, but they knew he wasn't always safe. There was this period of time when Sean was deployed when the uh, uprising in Sadr City was taking place. And so we would be sitting there chatting on the internet uh, during the day, and he'd say something like, fuck air aid siren, and he'd go off because they were getting shelled by these Kayatushas from Sadr City. So our conversations would periodically be interrupted by him getting rockets dropped on him, which was never very much fun, but uh, that's part of the job. On the day of the attack in Benghazi, Sean had been chatting with the Goonswarm Directorate and expressing nervousness about one of the Libyan police guarding the embassy taking pictures. The attack actually happened. The last communication we had from him was, uh, unfortunately, him saying, fuck, gunfire. And then, uh, you know, that was when the compound was hit. And uh, we never heard from him again. His friends were used to seeing him go dark. But when Vile Rat didn't pop up for a disconcerting period of time, the Goonswarm began to investigate. One of Alex's friends contacted Sean's family and found out that he'd been killed. Alex, grieving, posted a tribute to Sean on his website, not realizing that he was inadvertently breaking the news of Sean's death to the world. Well, uh, one of the worst things about having one of your, you know, you know, Sean was one of my best friends. And, um, you know, we hung out many, many times in real life, in addition to spending every day on the Internet with each other for six plus years before he was killed. So we're trying to grieve through that and then dealing with the media. Pretty much every major entity in the Western world contacted me trying to interview me. But really what they were trying to do is trying to you know, get in touch with a crying widow, which is what the media typically enjoys putting on when somebody has been tragically killed. So I sort of ran interference for a while. And you know, obviously the family had no desire to be contacted or discuss this with the press at all. In a contentious presidential election season, Sean's death became just another issue to fight over. In the world of EVE Online, 
Bilrat's death brought warring factions together. They didn't come together in the sense of no longer blowing up each other's spaceships, but uh, the entire community united around uh, the loss of such a major figure. Everyone was in shock. But it was uh, heartwarming to see everyone come together in a game where people are typically very uh, hostile to other groups. Space stations in the game were renamed in Vilerat's honor. People built memorials, signs that stretched across space that read R.I.P. Vilerat. And they met up in-game to talk about their friend. This is Amano Kage. I just want to send my heart out to uh, all of those who are affected, the friends and families of those who were murdered. It's, a, it's never a good day when a good man goes down. See you among the stars, tough guy. Goonswarm, Sean's Alliance, all got together and shot each other as tribute. You know, the, the old joke in Eve would be uh, shoot blues and then tell Valrat. Blues being somebody who was friendly to you. Uh, Valrat was the diplomat, so if you shot a blue, you would then go have to tell Valrat and uh, sort it out. We got together a whole bunch of people on our side, and uh, we just sort of blew each other up as a tribute, <laughs> sort of a mo- memorial free-for-all op. What did you personally learn from playing with him? Oh, I learned many things. <laughs> that, would take <laughs> that, that would take up a lot more than I could tell you in, in just one interview. I learned a lot about reserve, about judgment, about how to interact with people. I watched him take enemies and turn them into friends, which is something that a lot of people don't realize is even possible. You think somebody doesn't like you, and then you just don't even make any effort. And uh, Sean taught me that uh, the effort is almost always worth it. Do you see conflicts unfold in the game now where you think to yourself, I, I wish Sean were here. He would have handled this in a way that I couldn't have conceived of. Every goddamn day. I mean, he was my right-hand man. So, yes, every single day. Today and every day for months or years to come, people are going to be posting image macros and links all over Facebook and Twitter, telling us never to forget Ambassador Chris Stevens and three other Americans. And somewhere floating deep in the New Eden star system will be countless space stations and monuments to one of its most important figures. In EVE, no one will ever forget Vilerat. TLDR is produced by Pre-J Vote and me, Alex Goldman. Our executive producer is Kat Rogers. Our engineer is Sir Andrew Dunn. Special thanks to Kimmy Regler. Our theme song is by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. If you haven't already, you should listen to all of our old episodes too, because we're pretty proud of them. You can find them and much more at tldr.onthemedia.org. We tweet at TLDR. We are TLDR.